Romans chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. Romeine 1, vers 26 tot 28. And as you perhaps saw on the link, uh, I'll be preaching on LGBTQ+. And I'm starting a series tonight on interpersonal problems. LGBTQ+. And I'll explain that as we start in a moment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we know that this is a, a topic we all really need. Perhaps not a topic we want. We would much rather hear something else. <clears throat> but the pressure is on every side. We are surrounded by the world calling out to us, you must accept these sins as normal. And I pray that you would speak to us this evening, Lord. Help us to hear your word. And for anyone caught in this sin, perhaps here or perhaps watching online, I do pray that, Lord, you would speak to them. Though they might be deeply offended, would you also keep them that they won't switch off their computer screen or their TV screen, but that they would keep on listening to the end and see the hope and the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in salvation to sinners like us, all of us, whether we are caught in this sin or whatever sin, that there is salvation through the Savior. Give us now an ear to hear a heart to understand and fill our hearts with kindness and love toward the world who hates you. And that we would show them the love of God brought to sinners in the Lord Jesus. Amen. So LGBTQ+. Uh, L stands for lesbian, G for gay, B for bisexual, T for transgender, and Q for queer. And the plus is there are many others. And that is a very popular thing nowadays. I just read an article this past week on Fox News, on their website, about Bill C-14 that was passed, or C, Bill C-4, that was passed in Canada on, in the beginning of December, I think the 7th of December, a unanimous vote, no one opposed it in the Canadian Senate, in the Canadian government. So they passed this law that says that you may not, if you're a pastor, a psychologist, a counselor, whoever you are, you may not say to an LGBT person, a homosexual or transgender or whatever, you may not say to them that you can help them to be free and that heterosexuality, which means normal sexuality, is right and good and you can kind of convert them. So it's against what they call conversion therapy. You may not help a person to change from either transgender, homosexual or whatever to heterosexual. If you do so, which means this sermon, if I were preaching this in Canada, five years imprisonment. 
If you advertise it, let's say I put it on the blog or an advert on Facebook, I'm preaching about this. Two years in prison. John MacArthur responded to this by preaching a sermon uh, on biblical view of sexuality last Sunday. And he encouraged pastors in Canada to do the same, which they did. More than 4,000 pastors on 16 January 2022 preached a sermon on this. And we don't know what the outcome will be. Now the question for us we want to answer is, is John MacArthur right? And were these Canadian pastors right? Now the Dutch Reformed Church Synod, the Synode van Ingekerk in South Africa, they think... This whole thing is wrong. Not LGBT. We are wrong by opposing it. We are wrong by saying that LGBT is sin. So how should we respond to that? What does the Bible teach? So let's read Romans 1, verse 26 to 28. For this reason, God gave them up, that is, sinful human beings, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. So, number one, this evening we're going to look at lesbians. That is in verse 26. Deirdre and I met a schoolgirl probably two years ago now. So we met a schoolgirl, no it wasn't even two years, maybe a year and a bit ago. And she stayed at our house. She goes to school in the United States, a South African girl. And she came home for December, for the Christmas break. But she said the very first school day, they had to stand up in class and say your name, your surname, and your pronoun, your voornaamwoord. So you have to say, my name is John Wilson. My pronoun is he. Call me he or him. Or you get up and say, my name is uh, Nancy Jefferson, and my, my pronoun is it, or Z, or za, or whatever they got for pronouns. That is a problem. That is a mess. You know, the LGBT problem does actually, it doesn't start with sexual confusion. It's not gender confusion in the first place. It is an anti-God agenda. Verse 26 again. For this reason. For what reason? Verse 25. Because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature instead of the creator who is to be blessed forever. Amen. Or verse 23. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God, immortal on starflick, for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. So it's because they will not worship God. They are anti-God. They are against God. So that's where LGBT starts. They do not want a God. 
who will tell them what to do. They do not want a God who will stand between them and their sin. They want to be their own God. They don't want to be accountable to God. Hulle wil nie rekenskap gee nie aan een God. Hulle wil hulle eie baas wees. And if you stand, if you take a stand for what the Bible says about this issue, they will remove you. They will stand against you. They will see to you that you get in trouble. You remember what, ha- what happened to Israel for Lao, Australian Rugby Union. They was kicked out of the Australian Rugby Union. They removed him from international rugby and from any Australian rugby. And why? Because he took a biblical stand against homosexuality. He simply pointed on Facebook or Twitter, was it, to one, that text you read, course, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 and 10. They did the same with John MacArthur. The sermon he preached last week, it was banned from Facebook or from, from YouTube. It was flagged. They removed it. It's hate speech. Hate speech, you can't say that. That LGBT is sin. So you see, LGBT is open rebellion against God. It's rebellion against God's creative order. Against God's order in Genesis 1 and 2, where God created them male and female. Where God defined and explained marriage as a, a covenant between a male and a female. One male, one female. Now some people will hear this tonight and they will say, but that is not true. It's, true. it's untrue to say that they're rebelling against God because there are many gay Christians. For instance, uh, you remember that I wrote a book on Revelation, uh, sermons on Revelation that I put into print. Uh, and then I was working with publishers, with Penguin Random House and with Luca Publishers to get the book published. And everything was going well until... Uh, reading critic, if that's the correct name, Elias Criticus, when he read the book and then told them, don't publish this book, you're going to get yourself into trouble. And one of his reasons was because I said that LGBT is sin. And he said that, how can I say that there are, there are how can I say there, there isn't such a thing as gay Christians? Well, the Bible says there's no such thing. Chris just read it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do not be deceived. The Apostle Paul writes to the Christians there, do not be deceived. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You, you, can, you might as well say, oh, there's, an, there's a drunkard Christian, or there's a robber Christian, there's a thief Christian. You, can, you might as well say that as say there's a gay Christian. There is no such thing. Even though many people think there is such a thing. Now some people will respond to that by saying, no, but 1 Corinthians 6 isn't about gays. When he says many practice homosexuality, that's not homosexuals. That's talking about maybe homosexual prostitution or, or something of the sorts. But it's not about gays. No, it is about gays. The Greek words, Paul actually uses two Greek words there. The one Greek word he uses is malakos or malakoi. Malakos means effeminate or soft. In Afrikaans, meisi achtig, soft. So that refers to, in a homosexual relationship, the one who takes the role or plays the role of the female. And then the other words, arsenekoites. Arsenekoites is made up of two Greek words, arsen and koite, which means man and bed. It means male bed. And it refers 
to, in a homosexual relationship, the one who takes the, plays the role of the male. That is the same word, Paul uses it again in 1 Timothy 1 verse 10, but that's the same word used in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 22 in the Alex X. The Alex X is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. So in that verse, in the, in the Greek translation, he uses, uses two words again, uh, the arsen and koite. Again, and the verse, if you read it, it says, you shall not lie with a male as you lie with a female. Actually, in the Hebrew, it says, you shall not lie in bed with a male as you lie with a female. It's an abomination. It is hateful. It is disgusting. This is a See, the Afrikaans are vertaling for us. Now, some people will go to that verse and say, yes, I see that verse. But again, that word, that word abomination, or it's disgusting, grievel in the Afrikaans. In the Hebrew, that word really means... Um, it's to do something with idol worship, with worshiping other gods. So you may not have homosexual relations at uh, an idol temple where you, they worship other gods, but you can do it at home. There's a loving uh, homosexual relationship there. That's fine. Well, actually, I've got news for you. That same word is used in verse 26 and 27 of Leviticus 18, the very same chapter. And verse 29 and 30, the same word. And it's referring to all the sexual sins in the chapter. And other sexual sins that are mentioned in the chapters. Incest, that means having sexual relations with family members. So the God says, that is disgusting. He says, adultery is disgusting. And he says, bestiality. You can think what bestiality is, right? Animals. That is disgusting. Now, if you are going to say, no, but it's only referring that word, the Hebrew word there refers to, to sexual relations at some false god's temple, some idol temple, then you must say the same of the other sins, right? Then you must say, oh, it's wrong if you commit adultery, bestiality, or incest at the temple. You can do it at home. That is nonsense. In Ezekiel chapter 16, just to to take the argument further with the Hebrew word there. In Ezekiel 16, verse 49 and 50, God speaks of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, it is the abomination, the chrivel, the same Hebrew word as in Leviticus 18. Now you go back to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in the book of Genesis. What was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? It was homosexuality. Remember that? When the men surrounded the house and they said they, they all tried to break the door down and say, come out, come out, bring those men out. We, we want to know them. That's what the Hebrew says. And the English translation, even the, the Afrikaans, the overtaling, ons wil hulle ken. We want to know them. And now some people say, no man, the problem was they weren't nice to them. They just wanted to get to know them a bit better. No, 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 no. Genesis chapter 4. It says, and Adam knew his wife Eve and she became pregnant. Oh, that's a funny kind of, I want to know you better. Mm. So that's what it means in Genesis 19. They wanted to have sexual relations with those angels that appeared as men and appeared in the form of men. And, and Lot even says, Lot even says in Genesis 19, don't do this wickedness. This is wicked. Why would he call it wicked? You just want to get to know my guests better. He knew what they wanted to do. And so bad was the sin that the word Sodom has become a generally accepted word for homosexuality. Sodomy. Sodomita. Nee. So said the overtaling nog in 1 Corinthians 6. 
And what God does to a society like that is God hands them over to their own sin. God gives them over to their sin. Verse 24, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts. 26, for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. 28, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up. So God just gives them over to what they want and say, this is what you want, this is what you'll get. Now, homosexual people say, no, or transgender people, they say, no, we're born like this. We are born like this. God made me this way. No, my Bible says God did not make you that way. God gave you up. He gave you what you wanted. You chose this. You brought this upon yourself. This is what you desire. And besides, even if it were true, let's say it is, let's say it was so that someone was born like that. That still doesn't make it right. Just like if I was born with an inborn, I've got this inborn desire to kill someone. I've got a, I was born with this, this inborn desire to be selfish. That doesn't make it right. Yes, but I can't remember that I ever chose. I can't remember when I chose to be homosexual, someone might say. I can honestly tell you, I cannot remember when I chose to be proud or chose to be a people pleaser. I can't remember that. That doesn't make it right. That just shows you how deep the problem is. The problem is much deeper than just, just our thoughts or just our actions. The problem goes to our nature, to our being, to who we are. It goes to our desires, to that level. Doesn't James say that? Jakobus Yen? Where he says that's where temptation starts, where the desires are drawn, and then those desires come into action, and they go over in, they, they turn to deeds. Verse 26 again. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. It's twisted, it's upside down, it's dishonorable. It, just doesn't work. I've got a number of verses here. References. I'm not even going to mention all of them or quote all of them. Ephesians 2 verse 3. He speaks of people following their desires. Colossians 3 verse 5. Sinful desires. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4. Corrupt desires. Sinful desires. Evil desires. And so we can go on. Passage after passage after passage. So any, like any other sin... With any other sin, where do you start the fight? How do you fight sin? You start at the level of desire. Because you're desiring wrong things. It's the same with homosexuality. You have to fight the sin at the level of the desires. How do you do that? Well, first of all, it costs a very great price to set us free from our sins. The death of the Son of God, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ to set us free, and then the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to transform your nature, to make you a whole new person from the inside, and then to remove the heart of stone, to give you a heart of flesh, to give you the desire and the ability by the Spirit's power to now obey and to work in you the fruit of the Spirit, to kill sin, to kill the flesh, the sinful desire, that you now desire Christ, and now God places in you new desires. Desires after what is good and holy and righteous and pure and lovely. And if you desire, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the right desires in your heart, and He will fulfill those desires. Now, if you've got a wrong relationship toward God, like the people in verse 23, they're now worshipping creation. 
Verse 25, they're exchanging the truth about God for a lie. If you do that kind of thing, well then, verse 24 will happen. You're going to be given over to your lust, to your sexual immorality. Verse 26 is going to happen. Verse 27 is going to happen. Homosexuality, lesbians. Verse 28 is going to happen. Twisted thinking. Verse 29 to 31 is going to happen. Where it's all kinds of sins that take over a society. Verse 32 is going to happen. Where now you even encourage others to do the same thing. So that's what you get. When you're not in a right, right relationship to God and you want your sin, then God gives you what you want. If you will not listen and will not obey. And then you've got the kind of thing in verse 26. Now you've got lesbians. Now you've got women. And it says they now, they now change because they've changed God for a lie. Now they're changing relationships with men for relationships with women. And so the natural relations are thrown to the dogs. Now some people, some people say, no, 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 no. That's not what verse 26 means. When it says, verse 26 again, for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. What that means is, you are naturally a homosexual. It's wrong for you to want to be heterosexual. Or you are naturally heterosexual. You're born heterosexual. Don't try to be gay. That's what Paul is saying here. No, that's not what Paul is saying. Because he doesn't say in verse 26, they've exchanged their natural relations. It says actually in the Greek, they've exchanged the natural relations. That is the normal thing. That is how God created it to be. What this is about is they are changing Genesis 1 and 2 for their own desires. Genesis 1 and 2 is God created them male and female. And now they're saying, no, that is natural. That's how God made it. We don't want that. We want unnatural. And so now they run after their own lusts, their own desires. You know, biologically, I don't have to do a biology lesson here tonight, but you can just use your sanctified imagination. Biologically, <laughs> a man and a woman's bodies match. A woman and a woman's bodies don't match. A man and a man's body does not match. A man and a woman's bodies match. A man and a woman can have children. A woman and a woman can't. And a man and a man cannot have children. So homosexuality is unnatural. It's unnatural. It is against God's good creation. When God, finished make, make, when God finished making male and female and all the rest of creation, He said, it is very good. So we shouldn't mess it up. Now some question this. this everything I've said until now they question because Jesus never said anything against homosexuality. Actually, Jesus did. Jesus, in Matthew 19, verse 4 and 5, Jesus quoted Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, saying that is normal. God made them male and female, Jesus says. What God has joined together, let not man separate. I'm skipping down to Matthew 19, verse 6. So Jesus did speak about that. According to Jesus, 
In Matthew 19 verse 12, the only alternative to homosexuality, or the only alternative to the marriage between a natural man and a natural woman is singleness, not homosexuality. Another proof that Jesus did speak against homosexuality and about the issue is in Genesis 18. So here's Abraham one day sitting outside in the Aftak, the gazebo of his tent. <laughs> so here's Abraham sitting outside his tent in the shade, and here he sees three men coming. Who are these three men? Well, in the, the rest of the chapter, and the next chapter, you find out who these, these three men are. Oh, it's God appearing in human form, and two angels appearing in human form. And then, in that same chapter, God says... I'm going to destroy Sodom. Now, who is that God who appeared as a man in Genesis 18? Well, Jesus has always been the one who makes the Father known to us, who reveals him. So it's Jesus. And then Jesus tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom. And in the next chapter, chapter 19, he does indeed destroy Sodom. So don't tell me Jesus never said anything about homosexuality. He destroys Sodom because of homosexuality. Another proof that Jesus did speak about the issue, Jesus said in John 16, verse 13 to 15, he said to his apostles, when, uh, in verse 12, I have many other things that I want to tell you, but you are not able to understand it. You can't bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And he will not speak of himself, but everything he hears from me, he will speak. So when the apostles wrote the New Testament, who was it really speaking there? It was Jesus. What the Apostle Paul says about homosexuality, it's Jesus saying that. So don't say Jesus never spoke about the issue. Listen, heterosexuality, and if the kids, if you don't know what heterosexuality is, that's you, it's normal. A man in a fro. Heterosexuality. Heterosexuality, it's natural. It's normal. Not even animals are homosexual. Now sometimes you see a dog, a male dog climbing on another male dog. Um, but they don't live that way. That's not their lifestyle. Oh, this is my partner kind of thing. That's just lustful instinct. And if you say, all right, but that dog did it. That dog is, yes, that dog is a bit. <laughs> he's not, he's just a dog. So, so if we say, no, that is normal because an animal tried to do that, that's not proving it's normal or natural. That's just proving that sinners, when they are taken over by sin, act like animals. And you see that, for instance, remember King Nebuchadnezzar, when sin took, took over his mind and his heart, he acted like an animal. For seven periods of time, eating grass like an animal. Or in Psalm 73, verse 21 and 22, Asaph says, when I sinned against you, when, when his mind, when he was bitter against God, he says, I was like an animal. Number two, homosexuals. So I've, I did lesbians. Number one, I spoke about that. Verse 26. Second, homosexuals. Verse 27. Now, I'm doing what Paul's doing. I'm trying to distinguish between male and female. I know you can use homosexual for, for females also, but I'm using it for males now. Chad Allen. Chad Allen is a Hollywood actor. And he played in a Christian film, and he's a homosexual. And he played the, the lead role in, 
in a Christian film called The End of the Spear. And so on CNN International, Larry King Live, Larry King had an interview with Chad Allen and John MacArthur was there too. And Chad Allen said to John MacArthur on the show, he said, but I didn't choose to be this way. I never chose to be gay. The Bible says you did choose that. Verse 27, the men likewise gave up. That's a choice, gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Now I understand. I understand that here's a boy and his dad's not involved in his life. His dad doesn't care about him. He hasn't got a, a relationship with his dad. And then he grows up and he really, he really wants that love from a father and he never had it. And so now there's another man who really cares about him. And then what should be just a normal relationship now turns into a homosexual relationship. That can happen. It doesn't, that's not the, the reason for, or the cause for every homosexual's diversion into sin. But that can be a reason. I've counseled people like that. So unfortunately that does happen. But it doesn't have to be that way. I've got a friend. He, has, he hasn't got a relationship with his dad. He's my age. He never had a relationship with his dad. And he's not homosexual. So it doesn't have to be that way. And the same goes, the same goes for boys who were raped or boys who were molested as, as children. Yes, I can think that that is, that is a terrible experience, but it doesn't mean that you are gay. Again, I have a friend my age, another guy, a friend my age. Same kind of thing. He went through things like that as a boy. And then he did become homosexual when he was in school, when he became a teenager. And then when he got converted at the age of 15, he left that sin. He repented of that sin. And today he is very happily married to a woman and he's got wonderful children. God can change you. God can save you, even though you are caught in a sin like that. Quiz read it to us. Homosexuals and all the other sins mentioned there will not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Corinthians, you were like that. But you were washed. You were justified. You were sanctified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. God saves homosexuals. God died. Jesus died for them on the cross. It is possible for them to be saved. Auntie, you shared with me a testimony um, some years ago of Rosaria Butterfield. That woman, she was a lesbian. And she gave her testimony at, was it a Ligonier conference or some, some other conference? She gave her testimony of how she was trapped in that sin and it was really hard to get out. And when she met real Christians and the love they had and the care, she got saved. She got saved and today too she is happily married to her husband. So listen, homosexuality, it's not different from other sins in one sense. It's not different in this sense that, oh, this is a special and extra difficult sin to be saved from. No, the power of Jesus Christ is immense. It's, he's mighty to save and he can save people. Homosexuality, like any other sin, where does it start? It starts with the desires. And then it goes over into action, into sinful actions. And that is a very important principle. Why? 
Because now there are Christians saying that homosexual deeds are sinful, but homosexual orientation, homosexual desire, homosexual inclination, that's not sinful. No, it is sinful. Even homosexual desire, same-sex attraction is sinful. Listen to verse 27 again. The men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with desire, with passion. That's where it starts. So even the desire, just like with, with heterosexual lust, heterosexual lust is sin. When I look at a woman and I have sexual thoughts, if she's not my wife, that's sin. And the same with homosexuality. Don't come and say, oh, the actions are sinful, but the desire is not. The desire is sin. How are you ever going to conquer sin if you just, just try and fix the actions? You have to get to the level of desire and you can't fix that. Only God can. Only Christ can. Only the Holy Spirit can fix that. That's why we go to Him for salvation. People will go further and they'll say, No, 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 no. You got this all wrong. Paul is not talking about homosexuals here. Paul is talking about People who commit homosexual rape or they molest boys, that's what Paul is talking about. No, that is not what Paul is talking about. How do I know it? Verse 27, they were consumed with passion for one another. That man desires that man and that man desires him back. That is not rape. That is not molesting. They want each other. This is talking about homosexuality. So the Bible condemns homosexuality in every form and every shade. It's not just, oh, if it's rape or if it's molesting boys. This is any kind of homosexuality. Now again, the question comes. They say, but why is homosexuality wrong? We're hurting no one. You're hurting no one? What about your own conscience? What about the person's conscience you're sinning with? What about, what about your own salvation? What about that person's salvation? What about infecting others with STDs, sexually transmitted diseases? Not sinning against anyone? You're not hurting anyone? What about your parents? What about your loved ones who know what the Bible says about this and they believe that it's sin and then you come out of the closet and say, I'm homosexual. You're not hurting your parents. You're not hurting others who know what the Bible teaches. What about hurting people, your loved ones who believe homosexuality is sin and then you tell them that you're gay and then they change their view. Now they're going against God. You're not hurting them. What about the example that people show to children the whole LGBT nonsense. They're showing children the wrong example. You're not hurting people? And what about even if you hurt no one? What about God? David, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and he murdered her husband, he said to God, against you and you only have I sinned. David knew I'm sinning against God. And so homosexuals, you say, but we're not hurting anyone. What about God? Now some homosexuals will say, but we love God. You love a God of your own imagination. That is not the God of the Bible. If you love the God of the Bible, you will do what He tells. You will do what He says. 
The true God, verse 26 and 27, God gave them up. God hates sin, not just homosexuality. You, you can testify to it tonight. This is not the only sermon I've preached in this church. I've preached on many other sins. I've even condemned my own. The true God hates sin. And you and I should hate sin too. Not only the homosexual sin, we should hate our own sin. Now, please, I don't, by this, I do not mean that you should just write the homosexuals off. If they're in your family or at your work, let's write them off. That is not what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11, Paul says, You misunderstood me, Corinthians. I told you not, I told you not to mix with people who continue in sin. I didn't speak of unbelievers. I was talking about Christians. I was talking about everyone knows them as a fellow Christian and they continue in sin. You mustn't even eat with such a one. If, if you th thought I'm talking about unbelievers, you're dead wrong. Otherwise, you'll have to leave this world because we're with unbelievers all the time. You want to, you want to influence the unbeliever. You want to invite the unbeliever for lunch to your house or for dinner. And like Jesus did, right? Eating with the prostitutes and with the tax collectors to win them. You want to make disciples, not only of some sinners, of all sinners, even homosexuals and transgenders. You want to speak the truth in love. Yes, you want to tell them, I don't agree with your lifestyle. I think it's wrong. I think it's sinful. But I love you. And I want to win you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Invite them to church and say, come, come to my church. But here's something you must not do. Don't go to their engagement parties. Don't go to a gay wedding. Don't attend that wedding even though it's a family member. And don't invite homosexuals to say, come and stay over at my house. We've got a room for you. No, no. If you do that, you are taking part in their sin. You are endorsing their sin. By saying it's fine, I agree with you. You must not give that idea that you agree with their sin. You must give the idea and you must show it clearly that you do love them. But don't give the idea that you love their sin. Paul said in 1 Timothy 5 verse 22, Timothy, keep yourself pure. Do not take part in the sins of others. Because if you do, what you're going to do is you're going to damage your own conscience. And later on, you kind of agree with it. And you kind of say this is fine. And then you become shameless about sin like they are. About their sin, verse 27, middle of the verse. Men committing shameless acts with men. They are not ashamed of their sin. Actually, the LGBT community are very proud of their sin. They even have a name for that. It's called gay pride. They are very proud of what they are doing. They are shameless, as Paul says. They don't care. We should not be like that. We must expose their sin says Ephesians 5. Actually, we should not even talk in detail about the ugly things they do. And that's not only homosexuality, that's any sin. But Paul specifically speaks about sexual sin. We should be ashamed of sin, says Romans 6, verse 21. God is angry at sin. Verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men. God is angry at sin, and that includes homosexuality. And He does punish homosexuals according to what they deserve, and any other sinner. But He does punish according to what they deserve. Verse 27 at the end. 
They receive in themselves the due penalty for their error. He punishes them according to what they deserve. You remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. God sent fire from heaven. And then he cast them into hell according to Jude verse 7. Judas fair seven. And that's the ultimate punishment. But God even punishes them in this life through sexually transmitted diseases like AIDS. You remember Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of Queen. How did he die? AIDS. Why? Homosexuality. Sexual immorality. Some say he was bisexual, men and women, but definitely homosexuality was part of that and just being sexually immoral. So verse 27, they receive in themselves the due penalty for their error, in themselves, in their bodies. So, so, and it says the due penalty. Mit the punishment fits the crime. The sin was sexual, and therefore the punishment is sexual. What you, what you sow, you will reap. Now some people, uh, again, they'll come and they say, no but, no, but verse 27 at the end says, the penalty for their error. Error is a, is a mistake. It's a mistake. It's avaking, say the Afrikaans. It's not sin. Now actually, the Greek word there, what it refers to there is, is they turn away from the true way of God. The sa'avaking, and they turn to the way of error. So that error is a sin. It's not just some little mistake. That word is used in other places like James 5 verse 20, Jacobus 5. See Paulus, uh, in that verse he says, He who brings a sinner back from his wandering, from van sy dwaalweg. That's a sinner who went on the wrong path. And where does it start? Where does it start? Again, it doesn't start with sexual sin. It starts with you believe the wrong thing. So what do they believe? They turn away from God's teaching about sexuality in Genesis 1 and 2. That's where it starts. And so that's what you find in the Dutch Reformed Synod, the Ingeersenode, is they say no. We don't believe Genesis 1 and 2 to be history. That is not real. That's just poetry. And we know evolution is true. And so now you believe evolution. You disbelieve Genesis 1 and 2. And then the next thing you do is you rape verses about homosexuality. You rape the Bible. You twist. You pervert Bible verses about homosexuality. That's the next thing. Like a young man came to me struggling with homosexual temptation probably about 10 years ago. And so he came to me and said, look at what someone else gave me. And I read the thing and it's verses from a gay church in Pretoria where this gay church, this gay pastor says, no, this is not what these verses mean. And they twist the verses to fit their sin. And the guy was confused and I told him, that's not what the verse means. That's the same thing that the Dutch Reformed Synod is doing. The Synod. They're twisting Bible verses to fit people's sin. And that's how, in the end, they land in verse 27 at the end. They're on a way of error. They're on a way of sin. Okay, lastly, number three, transgenderists. Transgenderists. Okay. Verse 28. I saw a horrible thing this week. It's an article a UK Daily Mail about a lady they did a play in a church like a little concert in a church and she plays Jesus as a transgender Jesus the daughter of God who was sent to this world by her mother in heaven 
That is verse 28. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind. It's a twisted mind to do what ought not to be done. They cannot even think straight now anymore about morality, what is right and what is wrong. Now just anything goes. Uh, now, you, now you make sin to be law. Like Isaiah 10 verse 1. Oh, this is a sin, prostitution. Let's make it a law in our country. Dacha, that's, a, that's something bad. Let's make it a law. Or whatever else, abortion, homosexuality, anything goes now. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Isaiah 5 verse 20. So twisted. And what happens to a society like that is they become morally reckless. Morally reckless and morally, may I say this word, they become morally stupid. Verse 28, debased mind, twisted thinking. And so now they say the stupid kind of thing like, Oh, Amelia, are you a man? Now a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. A woman is not a woman anymore. A woman is what she decides to be. Or now a 52-year-old man in Canada, now he's a six-year-old girl because he's decided that. I'm transgender. And now grandparents have adopted him and he plays with his little doll every day. He had a wife and seven kids. He left them all. Now he's a six-year-old girl. You become stupid. You can't even think straight. And now a woman, a woman in Los Angeles in the United States, now she's a dog. And this man has adopted her. That's his dog. And they play. And he throws the stick and she plays and she goes to puppy school and whatever. How twisted do you become? Verse 28, you cannot even think straight. Why? Because God has given you over to think what you want to think. Just be what God made you to be. Either you XX chromosomes, you're a woman, or you XY chromosomes, you're a man. That's what God made you to be. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy into the lie of the world where they know there's a difference between sex and gender. Sex is what you are when you're born. Gender is what you, what you feel inside what you want to be. And now you can choose what you want to be. Listen, your body shows you what you are. Are you a man or a woman? Now someone might, uh, and by the way, that's the, the, the big word for that nowadays I see is cisgender, C-I-S gender. So that's what, what you are, you, your sex that you were assigned at birth. Are you male or female? Now someone may say, but what about intersex? What about uh, here's a baby and things have gone horribly wrong with the DNA and now it's got like two body parts. Or maybe the chromosomes are mixed up a bit. What about that? That is less than 0.02% of people are born that way. And it's a genetic defect. It's not something to applaud. It's not something to say, this is wonderful. This is moral advance. That is not going forward. That is a result of the fall in Genesis 3. So transgenderism, that is a myth. It's a myth of a society that is given over by God to their own twisted thinking. Verse 28. And that God would love a society like that, that is a wonder. And He does. It is true, He does love sinners like that. Yes, He hates sin and He will punish, but oh, does He love sinners. The worst of the worst. And let none of us here say, we're not that bad. Where were we before God saved us? 
Oh, and let me tell you what Wumati said one day, what Wumati said in his testimony when he got baptized, that is true of me too. Wumati said, I thought I was bad like the prodigal son, if sin, but I was worse, I was like the older brother, self-righteous. So was I. And I preached that this morning, right? The prostitute, that's bad. The murderer, that's bad. The self-righteous person, that's worse. And that's where I was. And if God can save us, oh, can He not save the homosexual? Can He not save the transgender? And how does He do that? Do you know what a lightning conductor is? A weerlig aflaer. It's like at a thatched roof house, a grasdak huis. Then you've got this tall pole, metal pole. And so when lightning strikes, it won't hit the roof. It'll hit the metal pole. That's what Jesus is. Jesus He's the lightning conductor when he hung on the cross. It's like the anger of God, the lightning of God comes on him, the judgment of God comes on him, so it won't hit us, it won't strike us. So don't reject Jesus. Anyone here, I'm not just talking about homosexuality, but even homosexuals or transgenders watching the sermon, don't reject Jesus. Don't choose to continue with your sin. Don't choose hell. Rather believe Jesus can save you from hell. Jesus can save you from the power of Satan. Jesus can save you from the chains of sin. He can break the chains of sin. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It doesn't mean you'll never be tempted with that sin again. Yes, the devil will come. Yes, the flesh will fight. But now you have the weapons to fight against that sin. You've got the weapons. Build normal relationships with other men and women. Become part of the church, the body of Christ. Commit yourself to the preaching of the word. Sitting under the preaching. Prayer with other believers. Having the Lord's table. Fellowship with the saints. Get friends you can be accountable to. To ask them, hold me accountable. Pray with me. Pray for me. Use your gift to serve in the body. Let others serve you with their gifts and help you. And if you're single, use your singleness to your advantage and to God's glory. You can do things married people can't do. You can spend extra time in the Lord's service. Or if God gives you the, the, the opportunity to get married to someone of the opposite sex, a natural man or natural woman... Uh, then do so. That is one of God's helps. Is it not to overcome sexual sin? That's one of His helps. Have your own wife or have your own husband, says the Bible. Um, what about church discipline? Isn't that God's help? Someone who loves you enough to tell you, you are doing the wrong thing. Turn around. You're going on the wrong path. You're busy sinning. Repent. And then... Avoid, I'm almost done. Avoid people, places, and situations that will tempt you to sin. And then break friendships where people have led you into that sin. Break those friendships clean. Fill your mind with the Word of God. Memorize verses about that sin and repeat them when you are tempted. Fill your mind with Scripture because there's a lot of filth in you. And now it needs to be filled with truth, 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 truth. More of the Bible, more of the Bible. The pure Word of God to wash out the filth and then get rid of um, get rid of mannerisms. Menirkis. So if you're a man, don't walk like a woman. Don't dress like a woman. Don't talk like a woman. And if you're a woman, don't walk like a man. Don't be butch. And don't dress like a man. 
be a woman or be a man if you're a man. And then pray lots. Pray lots and lots and lots and lots. And ask the Lord's help and believe that He can do more than you pray or think. And then finally, raise your boys to be men and raise your girls to be women. Don't confuse them. The world doesn't want it that way, my friends. They don't want it that way. They want to tell you everyone can choose what he wants to be. The United Nations, I don't know if you know this, but the United Nations have got their plan in place. I read this on the United Nations website or on uh, the United States website about that, some U.S. website, that by the year 2030, they want the world to be a kind of a paradise of peace and prosperity. And one of the ways they want to achieve that is gender equality. If someone wants to be a dog, or if a 50-year-old man wants to be a girl, you must let them be. We must accept transgender. And that's how there will come prosperity. That is unbiblical, illogical, and unscientific. The solution to the problem is Romans 1, verse 16 and 17. The gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, and so on. So if we share the gospel with people, by the power of the Holy Spirit, then God can use us to be light in a dark world, to be salt in a corrupt world, to change a society as happened in history with a Roman Empire. You think homosexuality is bad? It was bad in the first century in the Roman Empire, very bad. And through Christian influence, eventually, it became unnatural. People saw that. They said, that's not the norm. Our Father, draw near to your children. Some people, even listening to this sermon tonight, have got deep hurt, either because of their own sin in this, or because of loved ones who have gone astray, who have not kept to the path of truth. And they are saddened by it, Lord. And I pray that you would comfort them. And that we know that this world is not the place yet where all the tears will be dried from our eyes. But we do pray for your comfort and for your grace and encouragement. And yes, for some people who listened to this and they didn't get to the end, they were so angry at what they heard. Oh, I pray that you would even use this word, the parts they heard, to... Pierce their conscience and pierce their hearts and let them think about this tonight. And would you speak to them and save them because you are the saviour of sinners. No matter where we've been or what we've done, you are the one who can save. And I pray that you would do so for them and help us, Lord. It is very easy in response to all the nonsense going on to get angry and to be self-righteous and to be harsh toward people caught in this sin. Help us to love them and to show them the way of Jesus without compromising that we would not tolerate sin or be intolerant toward the person, but we would be intolerant toward the sin and love the person and point them to the Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.